0: Let's start with the aftermath of those catastrophic floods in Libya. We've had a statement from the UN's World Meteorological Organization. And what they've told us is that most of the thousands of deaths could have been avoided if warnings had been issued because that would have led to evacuations. These are the latest pictures out of one of the worst hit cities. We've been focusing a lot on Derna. This is Derna, you can see it's in the east of the country. It's been very, very difficult for us to get accurate figures from Derna of the amount of people who have lost their lives there, because you can see from these drone pictures the scale of the devastation in that city. But we have had an interview with the mayor of Derna, and he has said, as many as 20,000 people may have been killed there several of the city's districts were destroyed it all happened when two dams burst on Sunday and when that happened this huge surge of water was released from the dams and look at these pictures here entire neighborhoods were completely flooded and submerged when those two dams collapsed And the images give you just a small sense really of how these houses and their buildings in these neighbourhoods, some of them have been swept away, some of them just completely submerged by these torrents of water. Now, I mentioned the United Nations criticising the fact that there weren't early warning systems in place. Its meteorological branch has said it previously did attempt to assist the Libyan authorities. What they wanted to do was to try and reform the meteorological system, but these Efforts have been hampered because of the insecure nature of what is happening in Libya, because of the fact that there are two governments, operational there, and the many security threats as well. And now if we have a look at this, this is more drone pictures that we have from over the city. They're actually higher than some of the drone pictures we've seen so far if you look closely, you can just see the scale of the devastation that the water has left there, uh, that drone flying quite high over Derna. And these pictures show you just one Street, and taken what you're looking at. They are from Libyan's national television channel, just on the right of screen there. You can see a bulldozer has managed to get into the city, bought in by locals. They're already trying to clear up some of the debris that is on the road. There is so much mud, so much that has been washed onto the streets as well. So just clearing up here is a huge endeavor for the people who are involved. But we're seeing this clearing up happening right around the city. Some close-up pictures here of uh, bulldozers and locals trying to do what they can. I mean, look at this house. It's just staggering when you see the damage. The bulldozers going in, trying to lift up some of the wreckage, some of the cars that are on the streets as well. And all of that debris that has been washed in from the ocean as well, just coming in uh, to the streets of Derna. Well, it's estimated that more than a million tons of water was released all at one time. Anas Algamati is the director of the Sadiq Institute. It's an independent Libyan think tank, and says it's really hard to just take in the sheer scale of the flooding.
1: Well, I think we just have to try to get to comprehend the sheer magnitude of the force of what just happened. This was no ordinary flood, as your images now are showing. The magnitude of the force of the millions of cubic meters. That gushed out from that dam with the same force, maybe hundred terajoules, early estimates, that would be higher than the force of the bomb that hit Nagasaki in the Second World War. That's why we look like it looks like a meteor strike, it looks like an atomic bomb has gone off in the city, and that's why it's ravaged so much of the city's infrastructure, taking entire homes and apartment blocks away. And that should give us an idea. I mean, the world needs to comprehend the idea of the magnitude of effort that now needs to go into rebuilding that and trying to recover those that are still missing because they've been left to live amongst the elements. I mean, even the displaced, the 30 to 40,000, which could be up to half of the population of Dadna, are now facing the elements four days after this. This is gonna be a, a, of a magnitude that we still don't understand because the effects are still, are still trickling down.
0: Well, as we've seen from the pictures, the powerful flooding caused some multi-storey buildings. And of course, there were people inside. Some of them were sleeping. They've lost their lives and been swept into the sea and it's led to these really sad pictures of families heading down to the seafront they are frankly just looking for bodies they're looking for their families for their relatives these pictures are just from one shore alone and uh, the word is from there many people not expecting to find their family members alive of course but they are there to try and collect some of the many bodies now that are washing up Ashore, and when we speak to aid agencies, they say right now that is one of the things they need the most actually is, is body bags to try and um, uh, respectfully remove the dead from the shorefront. And these are pictures of people finding the bodies of their loved ones the moment one father found his son. He said, God, give me patience, my heart is with you. Ah, well, Wali Adin Mohammed is a Sudanese man who was working in a factory in Derna when the water hit and he told us about his experience of what happened.
1: We woke up at around three or half past three in the morning. We heard a large bang. Anyone who was awake in Derna for sure must have heard it. The water was unbelievable. Everyone could hear it coming. When we went outside, the city was gone, it had been razed to the ground. Well, to begin with, there are around 14 or 15 families which were swept away by the sea. Anyone who was in the valley was just swept away. Nine other people who lived directly on the coast are gone, made their rest in peace. The sea destroyed the Corniche. We woke up to a real catastrophe. We woke up, we couldn't find anyone. We couldn't find anyone we knew. May God have mercy on their souls in heaven.
0: So who is helping? Well, rescue teams from around the world are starting to arrive in Libya, Egypt, Tunisia, Italy, Spain, Turkey, among the countries sending help. But the initial response was, of course, from within Libya itself, despite the fact that it's divided. These are pictures of vehicles loaded up with aid heading into Derna and people from around Libya. And we've seen this in Morocco as well, just doing everything they can uh, to help those who have been affected. Locals are in desperate need for some basics, things like food. They're queuing here for supplies of bread. It's been really difficult to get some fresh food in, and uh, these are actually aid workers baking the bread to then hand out to people. The UN is warning that the tens of thousands of people displaced are now at risk of exposure to waterborne diseases. Jens Lark from the BBC told the BBC from the UN told the BBC it was rushing and all of the aid it possibly could.
2: It is another grim morning uh, in that area where, as we hear, people devastated by by their loss, uh, trying to bury their dead, finding those who are missing or have survived or maybe uh, caught uh, in crevices in in collapsed buildings. So it's absolutely a devastating uh, disaster and our heart really goes out uh, to to the people. We are rushing in. all the aid and all the people we possibly can at the moment. It's really all hands on deck. Um, We are sending in um, a particular specialized uh, relief team who is uh, going to work uh, with responders on the ground uh, to help with the coordination of of the lot of work that lies ahead. Because focus right now uh, is, of course, uh, for us and for the rest of the international community uh, to come to the aid uh, of people who are there in the coming days, the coming weeks and most likely in the months ahead.